You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios, live in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Chatting with Kathy. Bing is for doing, and we are doing AfterBuzz TV's Chatting with Kathy right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm your host, Kathy Kelly, and joining me today is the lovely Tracy McMillan. You might know her from NBC's Ready for Love or a plethora of books that you've written. So thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like I have so many questions from your show to your books to how you got into TV writing in the first mm-hmm. place. Uh, so again, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> So um, let's get right in to you were a writer for, Mm -hmm. you started with NBC Nightly News, right? I I actually started in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Um, I have a broadcast journalism degree and, well, actually it starts back. It starts back in Minneapolis and growing up I watched Mary Tyler Moore. Mm -hmm. Mary Tyler Moore was my all-time favorite show and Mary Tyler Moore was an associate producer in TV news. And I didn't realize it, but um, you know, I got a broadcast journalism degree. I moved to Portland, Oregon, and I became a, an associate producer in TV news. And um, I realized, oh my goodness, I've become Mary Tyler Moore. And I worked in TV news for many years. Um, so I was in Portland, and then I moved to New York, and then I worked at um, in entertainment news. So I had a lot of experience, like with those crazy deadlines. Yeah. How did you make the transition from doing news to writing scripted? Well, that was really a long zigzag. You know, they say, like, life is not a a straight line. It's a zigzag. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, when you're thinking about your goals and you're like, how do I get from here to there? You have to more think, how do I? Don't think how. Just think, well, where do I want to go? Oh, I want to go there? Okay, great. And then just follow your nose. Because for me, it was a long um, journey. I worked in TV news. That became, I worked in it so long that it became basically my day job. Mm -hmm. So I would go, I would do a shift, I would come home. Now, in the meantime, I started getting interested in all sorts of other things. Number one, I got, um, I started being in bands. And I always feel like, Now, I wasn't that great of a singer, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I really loved writing songs, and I enjoyed the performance part of it, but what I learned in having to get up and, like, sing a song in a club in front of a bunch of people who are probably drunk (laughs) (laughs) is that there's something to just getting up there and doing it and putting yourself out there, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that was a really important um, part of my development in what we call having a voice. Yeah. You know, um, as a writer of scripted, it's all about voice. It's like, are you, is what you have to say original? And can you get out there and go, hey, this is what I have to say, everybody. Read it and weep, yeah. you know? And being in bands helped me do that. So I was in bands for like seven years. I want to know more about that because I didn't know that you were in bands. I feel like I did a lot of research and I had no idea. So were you like the, you were the singer? I was. I was okay. a singer songwriter. Okay. I was kind of like, sort of like on the inside, I've always had this sort of introverted, um, you know, depressive girl yeah. who, you know, I was just You seem the opposite of introverted. I know. <laughs> like, you, know how, you know how some people, like, they go on stage and they become, like, fierce yeah. and, like, amazing? Sasha fierce. Yeah, like, Sasha <laughs> fierce. But in real life, they're very quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the opposite. 
in real life, I'm pretty boisterous and open and extroverted. And on stage, I was very like introverted, and my music was very sort of, um, you know, introspective. Yeah. No other way to say it. Did you play any instruments? I did. I played not very well, but I played a little bit of keyboard okay. and usually like vintage keyboards. Yeah. And I played a little bit of guitar. Okay. Yeah. I tried to take up bass guitar to be in an all-girl band and it did not work out. <laughs> well, bass is a great starter instrument yeah. because you don't necessarily have that much to do mm-hmm. where when you're carrying the melody like in, in the guitar or a keyboard, it's hard. Yeah. And the thing was is I got started with it pretty late. So, um, What was your band's name? Oh, well, I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> I know. No, because I don't want you uh, to Google it. <laughs> We're just going to leave that in the vault. Okay. 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 But it, it was a really important step in my development, though. When I look back, I'm like, it was the band that mm-hmm. allowed me to basically take the creative risk yeah. to start writing scripted television. Um, because when I was writing TV news, there was no risk in that. It's like, I'm taking, well, you know, right? Because you're. It's facts, and all you're doing is presenting it in a way where the anchor can read it without getting tongue tied. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's um, the creative um, risk that you have to take to write stuff that's like books or whatever television. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Ha- I learned how to do that in bands. Okay, so you ended up writing for Mad Men, mm-hmm. for Life on Mars, Life on Mars, a ton of shows, um, United States of Terra. So let's see what happened. Um, I was in the, I was doing my music, mm-hmm. and I sort of thought one day I woke up and I was like, oh, remember when I used to write screenplays and stuff? And mm-hmm. I'd never, I had a bunch in a drawer, and I was like, I should write a screenplay and put my music in it, like I'd seen okay. people do. I was yeah. like, I could, I could write something. I'll put my songs in it. Well, I wrote the something. I had one friend in the business. I showed it to her. She knew I could write from before. I, I showed it to her. She's like, listen, I don't even have time to read it, but I'll send it to my agent. If it's any good, he'll call you. And if it's not good, he won't call you. So I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and eight, man, eight months later, he called me. Eight months? Eight months. Were you nervous at all? or No, I had sort of given up on it. I okay. mean, you know, here's the thing. <sighs> Let's see, we have a little time. I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what happened. So I sent it off in August. I made some follow-ups, but I didn't really have like the confidence to call every mm-hmm. day and go, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Um, so I managed to call one day in October, and that day he called me back. He's like, um, I'm sorry, I lost it. Can you send it to me again? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, <laughs> and that's how the industry works. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. It worked that way this time. Yeah. So... Um, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll send it back to you. So I did a quick rewrite, and I sent it back to him. Christmas came. I, I hadn't heard anything. And I thought, you know, rather than give up, here's what I'm going to do. I, I just sort of went within, mm-hmm. and I said, Tracy, what do you want to happen here? Stop trying to figure out what you think you can get, or, you know, what do you want to happen? And I was like, this is a conversation with myself. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what I want to happen is for someone to read it and for it to move me to wherever I'm trying to go. Yeah. And January 2nd, this was 2006, I got a call. This is the first day of the new year. I got a call. I, I actually ran in to get a copy. I came out. I had missed a call. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who it was. I listened to the message. It was the agent. He's like, I just read your screenplay. It's really good. Call me. And that was the beginning. How did you feel? I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. 
Well, let me tell you, you know, you, it, this is a crazy business because you can never start doing the happy dance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like forget the happy dance, just skip the happy dance, go thank you to the universe or whatever it is that you think, yeah. and then put your head down and get back to work. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter was, I went in, we had a meeting, I didn't get my first job until a year and six months later. And in that year and six months, if I had been sitting around waiting for, you know, the money, the cash and prizes to start rolling in, nothing ever would have happened. In that year, I wrote so many things, so many samples. I wrote like a couple other pilots, a feature. I wrote another book. Like I was writing, 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 writing. And um, so when it came time to get a job, I had a lot of samples, things that I could show. And in that time, I should say, I wrote Why You're Not Married. Yeah. And that became one of the most read essays on Huffington Post. It is the most of all time. That's ridiculous. I know. (laughs) And you know what? That was something that I wrote for myself in that period of time Mm -hmm. when between getting an agent and getting my first job. Um, So it's always what I learned from that is it's always about having material. Yeah. It's like. When, a, when an agent takes you on, what they're taking on is your ability to produce work that will sell. They're not taking on actually you and They're looking to make your money and your product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your brand. Yeah. Um, so that essay, that article, uh, Why mm-hmm. You're Not Married, created a lot of controversy. It did. Um, <laughs> what do you say to the people that kind of took it in the wrong way? Well, I think it's important to see the spirit that I was writing it in. Um, so when I wrote it, I wrote it to do as a staged reading, and which is almost like a stand-up comedy club, except for instead of doing jokes, people are reading essays. Mm-hmm. And this was in 2007. And I think it's interesting to note that I didn't put it on the Huffington Post until 2011. So when I read it in that dark 99-seat theater, it was it's just a whole different context mm-hmm. than the Huffington Post. Now, one of the things I've learned, and I learned this about being in the band, is that you kind of have to let people just have their opinion. If they want to have an opinion, and if they have the even the quote-unquote wrong opinion about you, yeah. it's kind of okay. You know, you just sort of have to go, okay, I know who I am, <laughs> and I know the spirit in which I wrote it, and mm-hmm. I really, I'm here to actually just try to say something that's honest and truthful that I feel like wasn't really getting said yeah. in the culture, Because so often I feel like this discussion in the culture is like, oh, girl, the reason you're not married is because you're just too fabulous. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) the thing is, is fabulous is not really a problem. Mm -hmm. Fabulous is never going to keep anybody from being in the relationship of their dreams. But there are these things that might. And I was coming from a place of, look, I've done all this stuff. So. Um, I think it's important just to get honest so that you can move forward. Yeah. I kind of took it as a snarky modern day version of the rules. You know, let's see. How it's funny, when you're writing something like that, it's important to almost not step back mm-hmm. for me as yeah. the writer and try to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to honestly I wasn't even trying to put anything in the culture. Yeah. I put it online, I had no idea mm-hmm. that was gonna happen. Zero. Yeah. So I was just saying, really having fun with it. Like, hey, here's what I really think. And it's a humorous, satirical, but also true Mm -hmm. um, exploration of this topic. And underneath it, though, I think there really was a message. And the message is your love life is something you're creating. 
you know like this idea that you just have to find where all the good men are that's false Mm -hmm. because people are getting married every day and there are good men all over the place yeah so i felt like how do we explore it while i explore things using humor and um a little social commentary Yeah, and one of the things that you say in your book, I'm halfway through right now, and uh, you say that women need to look for the good guys because Mm -hmm. there are a plethora of good guys out there. Women just tend to go for those those unattainable guys. Well, I want to say single women tend Mm -hmm. to go. (laughs) I mean... You know, it's, it's funny because we all say, okay, women love the bad boy. Okay, maybe up to a point. And then... Women who want to form like a long-term relationship, they stop going for that guy. Mm-hmm. And then some of the women who stay single longer, they don't stop going for that guy. And sometimes that's the difference. Do you think you know? it's a conscious choice? Well, I think they've had many, many discussions with their girlfriends, chances are, where the friend was like, maybe you should go for a guy who doesn't have a motorcycle. Or maybe <laughs> you should go for a guy who isn't in a band. Yeah. Or maybe you should, you know... Go for a guy that's not married. Maybe. <laughs> You know, I think one of the things about why you're not married and why it went so viral is because people around you know why you're not single. Yeah. That was the thing. It was like people were like, I was afraid to send it to my friend. I mean, the idea is that when somebody says to me, well, how come I'm not married? A lot of times that girl's friends, Mm -hmm. her mom, her sister, they know. Mm -hmm. And you're afraid to say it. You're the voice of the friend that's not telling them. Kind of. Yeah. Because you you can get mad at me and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm all right with it. Yeah. So um, in this book, I know you have a very short quiz at the very beginning. I Mm -hmm. made my mom take it with me this weekend because she's in town and we both scored. She scored 11. I scored a 12. Wow. um, So I wanted to know what is the type of person or woman that you Mm. think should be reading this book? Well, anybody who wants to, you know, I mean, I'm not coming from that place of being like an expert. Yeah. I come from the place of being a friend. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if you like what I have to say, great. If you don't, that's fine. I'm not here to like tell anybody what to do. I don't have a PhD. It's not like that. Um, It's kind of like, take what you like, leave the rest. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if your um, love life continues to confuse you, Maybe you want to look into some of the stuff in here. But if you don't, that's fine, too. Like, it's not coming from that place of, like, I'm not trying to wag a finger at anybody. You don't think that everyone needs it, that it's like a Bible. You just think that this is a good good advice. No, everyone doesn't need anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody has the corner on the truth. I think it's more like, if you read this and it resonates with you, great. You know? Have you heard um, some good stories come from people oh, definitely. taking your advice? Definitely. You I have, have a I have a lot of good stories. In fact, just yesterday, I ran into a girl, and I mean, she was like one of my toughest cases. Because basically, how how I've been doing this is, um, let's say I, I'm in my workplace, so yeah. I'm writing scripted television, or I was writing television news for many years, and. What ends up happening to me is that I am standing there at the water cooler talking to you while I'm supposed to be doing my real my real job. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you and I are talking about your date this weekend or the relationship you're in, and we're just bouncing ideas back and forth. And, you know, I've had a lot of relationships myself, and I've done a lot of reading, and I'm the mother of a guy, and it's like... Well, maybe I just give you some of my thoughts about what's going on in your relationship. And maybe you go, oh, my gosh, that helps me so much. Or, oh, thank you. And we're going to laugh and we're going to cry. And you're going to go, oh, Tracy, you did this. Oh, I don't feel so bad. So 
little by little over time, then I started to help people in this way. And what would happen also is that sometimes girls would have their friend call me. They'd be like, I'd get a call from a girl and she'd be like, my friend so-and-so said I need to call you. And I'd be like, oh, okay, what's going on? And then she would tell me a little bit about the situation. And then slowly but surely, I had, I always had like, I don't know, five or seven or eight girls that I'm talking to on the phone just while I'm commuting yeah. nothing, <laughs> or while I'm at work, nothing major. And slowly, these girls started to get into great relationships or have babies or I would run into them at the mall and I'd be like, and she'd be like, look, this I'm pregnant with my third. <laughs> and that happened to me last year. Aww. One of my friends from TV News, we spent hours and hours talking about her relationship mm-hmm. life. And there was just a real turning point in there where I said to her, usually in the bathroom, <laughs> and I'd be like, but you, don't you want to? I said, I thought you wanted to get married. She's like, I do. And I'm like, then you need to stop going to Las Vegas every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and That's need some to good st- advice. <laughs> yeah. And you need to start dating a good guy. Mm-hmm. And she did. And this is 10 years ago. And last year, I was at the mall and I ran into her. She's pregnant with her third. Aww. So, I mean, these... Stories happen all the time, and it's really gratifying. So now this book is just taking that advice and giving it to a broader audience. It got to the point where I could only pick up the phone so many times a day. (laughs) Sometimes I would just roll calls. And um, so, you know, basically the universe said, okay, great. Here, now you can talk to as many people as want to buy this book. Yeah. And I know in the book, it's very hard for us to look at our own flaws, but Mm -hmm. you're actually you kind of have this self-deprecating thing where you Mm -hmm. are able to look at yourself and, you know, give that advice from what you've been through. Exactly. I think one of the most important things that I'm trying to communicate is that the idea of self-love and self-acceptance. And Mm -hmm. even though it sounds kind of paradoxical because I'm saying like, you're shallow or whatever. (laughs) I mean, you just have to take that in the spirit that is it's satire, everybody. Satire. I got that. <laughs> yeah, I think people do get it. I think they do yeah. get it. Um, but paradoxically, what it's about is self-acceptance. And how do you accept yourself? You get honest about where you are. Yeah. And then you you share it with other people. So I'll just tell you, like, oh, I've made this mistake, and I've been married three times, and I totally haven't done it right, but I've been honest with myself about the things that I did wrong, and I'm okay to share it with you. And mm-hmm. then you go, oh, well, if Tracy can love herself, yeah, then probably I can love myself too. Mm-hmm. And then you go forth into your relationships and talk to your girlfriends in an honest way, and pretty soon the world just becomes a little bit lighter and a little bit brighter in yeah. this way. And, um, you know, that's... In some ways, I feel like that's what we women do with each other. That's what female friendship is about. Yeah. Or can be. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you have been married three times. I have. There are, I'm sure, a lot of people out there Definitely. who say, <laughs> you know, why are you giving relationship advice? Right. So what do you say to those people? Okay. Well, what I say is um, you learn a lot from success, but yeah. you learn even more from failure. And if you really dissect your failures and use them as learning experiences, you'll find that your biggest challenges are where you have the most to give. And I see this all over the place in all kinds of areas, and I think it's true for me too. And somehow, I do seem to help people, and I don't know if if that's what my three marriages have done, then they've come to something good. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like... um, You know, people say, oh, she must be so bitter. 
And the truth is, is I married two really wonderful guys. I just wasn't a woman who was able to make that kind of commitment. And I take responsibility for those choices. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing I would say is that I had a super crazy childhood. Yeah. You know, I grew up in foster care. My dad just got out of prison after 20 years. And I feel like when you have a childhood like mine, or even not as bad as mine, but you have um, stuff that you come into adulthood with, and that's what you you work it out through your relationships. Yeah. So I know in your book you talk a lot about your childhood and growing up mm-hmm. and um, the the family that took you in. Yes. So were they the ones that really taught you how to love? I feel like they saved me in so many ways. And earlier this year, my foster father passed away, and I was blessed to be able to go to the funeral and say some words at his funeral. And Mm -hmm. it was just like to get to go full circle and to see what these people did for me. Mm -hmm. You know, they took me in. I lived there for four and a half years. And I really believe that even though in many respects I've had a life that reflects somebody who was raised in foster care and whose mother gave her up and whose father was a criminal, definitely there are aspects of my life that fit right in with that story. But there are even more aspects of my life that don't. And Mm -hmm. I feel like people who were of service to me the way these people were, you know, that's been the difference in my life. And at some level, even in my funny, silly provocative way that's what I hope to do yeah for other people yeah and I feel like a lot of the people that were would have been dealt these cards wouldn't have turned it around and built this successful career that you have so one of the things that you preach is changing your story or retelling it yeah so what is what exactly does that mean well I feel like as human beings storytelling is how we organize our whole and structure our whole reality yeah and sometimes if you can change the story you're telling you about yourself you can actually change your life like you that's how you outlook. that's how you change your life yeah. is by changing your story mm-hmm. so um i think sometimes we're like goldfish in a in a goldfish bowl and we're like what water and you have to start to realize that actually you're talking to yourself actually you're telling yourself stories and if you can get into those stories and start to see them for what they are like oh you mean i could change my mind about that yeah you can find that you have so much more power over your future than you have right now Mm -hmm. but the weird thing is is that the power is not to like snap my fingers and make a change it's to change it in here first and then it changes out there Mm -hmm. So you have a 16-year-old son, right? Mm-hmm. He's 16. Is he starting to date yet? Well, he's not a big dater. <laughs> I mean, he relates to girls. He has girlfriends. Yeah. I think he's got a really great attitude toward mm-hmm. dating so far, but he would kill me if I said anything more about it. <laughs> Do you ever give him advice? Or not, no? Not any that he wants. <laughs> you know, I try, but you know. I, let's let's just say everything he needs to learn from me, he has probably learned in just picking up little bits here and there in conversations yeah. that I've had. But, yeah. you know, every parent wants to sit down and, like, tell their child the way it is. But <laughs> there is no teenager on the planet that is going to sit there yeah. and listen to that. I always think about my future children. I'm like, I'm going to tell them this and this oh, and yeah. tell them I can't do this. Well, but. You go ahead. <laughs> They're not going to listen. Exactly. Um, 
So how do you think um, being a mother changed your mm. dating life? Did, mm. did it change your perspective on who you wanted to date or? Well, I was always interested in dating good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was a foster child, I had a lot of security issues. So when I would come across a guy who was like Mr. Bad Boy, I would be like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't come near me with that. I wanted the guy who was going to make a commitment and want to just be together and get married. That's what I was interested in. So. I was sort of always into good guys, but here's how it changed me. It made me a lot less selfish, for starters. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you have to have a baby to be less selfish, but um, it took a baby for me to realize how selfish I really was. Because I didn't realize that 24 hours a day, I was doing what me wanted and asking me, well, me, what do you think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And me was like, well, I think this. (laughs) And after having a baby where you're really on duty 24 hours a day, doing things you do not want to do. You have to put a person before yourself. Oh, my goodness. Completely. That's crazy. <laughs> I, and so I always think learning how to do that and learning how to make a snack plate, those two <laughs> things together are, transform my dating life. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you matured a lot once you had a kid? So much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, I don't think you have to have a kid to mature, but it certainly is a crash course mm-hmm. in getting over yourself. Yeah. So um, you had your son with your second husband. That's right. Um, you married again, and you say in your book that the third husband cheated on you. Yes, he did. Um, what is your thoughts on monogamy and cheating hmm. and all of that stuff? <laughs> I, I'm completely against cheating <laughs> in oh, every gosh. form. But I mean, you know, here's the thing. I'm not a person who, like, if somebody wants to be polyamorous or, yeah. like, have an open marriage, I'm like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Most people I talk to, it's a lot easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I also think, like, it might work under certain circumstances, but not others. For example, I think those kinds, like, I don't even know why we're talking about open relationships, but why not? (laughs) Well, I think one of the things is it works before you have kids, Mm -hmm. but very few women want to be caring for a person's child who's dating someone. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Nobody. And then maybe it would work later on after the kids are older. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. But so it's, I think the thing, what concerns me is when a woman, for example, because most women I know, they don't want that. Now they might go, sure, I could do that. But then when they get in it, they realize this sucks for me. Mm-hmm. It's painful. You they know? just want to please their partner. It's not even, yeah, they, they're doing it to try to get him or keep him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, same with friends with benefits. I feel like most of my friends who do friends with benefits, it stays friends with benefits for three weeks. And then after that, she's like, why won't he be my boyfriend? Yeah, because that's what they ultimately want. Yeah, and that's what you wanted in the first place. But you were just kind of, I mean, the joke way of saying it is like you're temping at a job that refused to hire you full time. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're like, oh, can I volunteer to work here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, here's the deal, though. I'm not saying get mad at yourself over it. I'm saying live and learn and then be more honest about what I really want going forward. Mm Because I think it's hard as women to just understand, well, what do I want? And then to hold out for that Mm -hmm. without kind of telling somebody, you have to give me this, this, this and this. It's it's more about saying, what's my worth to me? Mm -hmm. You know, 
One of the things that I noticed when reading your book, a lot of relationship books tell you to play games mm. and um, give you, you know, ways to almost trick a guy totally. into marrying you. And I feel like your book is more being real and yeah. being honest with yourself. And that is what is going to ultimately land a good relationship. Exactly. Because you're not going to land anything. You're going to create it. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get a guy. You're going to, or a baby, or how you're going to surrender to it. Yeah. You know, um, ask any married lady. You don't get anything. I mean, you get twice as much laundry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> but, <laughs> Mostly, it's like, and this is true for the other partner as well. I'm not saying this just yeah. for women. A guy, he might want to get something, you know, but he's going to discover that he has a person that now he needs to surrender to also. Yeah. In a good relationship, people are understanding this is about a contest of surrender. You know, this is a, what did somebody say? It's a contest of generosity. Who can outgenerous the other person? Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do. Um, so I feel like, yeah, when books are telling me, well, oh, you do this, do that, play a game, it drives me nuts. Yeah. It drives me crazy. So you've never done that in your dating life? No. Okay. But no. Do you see a lot of other women doing it? Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, if you get something with a trick, it's it's like cheating on a test. Mm -hmm. You know you didn't get that A. Okay. Yeah. And then here's the deal. It's like, let's say you do get into that relationship and you do push it or get it where you want it, if it's marriage, if that's what you want. I mean, you're just going to learn it on the job. Mm -hmm. So you're going to learn it one way or the other. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's no driving around the le lessons of life. There mm -hmm. isn't. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to skip that grade. No, no one's skipping any grades. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about Ready for Love real okay. quick. I have to mention that if you're watching us on AfterBuzzTV.com or watching us on YouTube, please take a second to go over to iTunes and subscribe to AfterBuzzTV. It mm -hmm. only takes a second, and all you have to do is type in AfterBuzzTV to the search bar and then you can also rate and comment on our shows leave us any feedback we would love to hear your thoughts Yay. so ready for love ready for love <laughs> i love ready for love this was kind of your break into mainstream yeah and how did you get involved in the show well when why you're not married yet came out mm -hmm. i went on the today show and um i had a great conversation with kathy lee and hoda and uh, there was an NBC executive who saw me and said she would be great on Ready for Love. And that's how it happened. That's awesome. Very simple and straightforward. <laughs> so a lot of the matchmakers that we see on TV, like Patty Stanger, mm -hmm. they actually have matchmaking services. Right. Yours is more coming from an advice standpoint. Yeah, and I don't even think I come from an advice standpoint. I come from an experience standpoint. So I have this life experience of being married a bunch of times and being in a bunch of relationships. I write about relationships. And I sort of am like, I'm almost like a professional best friend. Mm -hmm. So... It was like that point of view, that's how I bring people together is from being a friend. Yeah. And I just brought that on the show. Everything I do in real life, I just did it on the show. Yeah. So on the show, you and the other matchmakers mm -hmm. watch all of the girls. You yep. watch their dates. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like Big Brother? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you more feel like... You more be like little brother, right? Like sometimes <laughs> you're sitting there and you're like, what is she thinking? Yeah. Or like, oh, or like, ew, or whatever. Yeah. You know, we would watch every second of these dates. And, you know, I learned so much. The truth is, is like watching the show is such an education in, in seeing how some people go about dating. Yeah. And when somebody's doing it well, 
you just see it. And mm-hmm. when somebody's not doing it well, you see that too. And it's you can watch the show and go, hey, am I doing that? Oh, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. Or I'm going to start doing that because yeah. that girl has it going on. Yeah. So. So do you think that it creates more of a competition having all of these women vying for three separate men all living in the same house? Well, it's a heightened situation for Mm -hmm. sure. But the truth of the matter is, as human beings, we evolve to compete for mates. Mm -hmm. There's probably nothing a human being is more evolved to than competing for a mate. That's... How Other we all species got here. do it, yeah. We're species, that's what we do. We mm-hmm. compete for mates, we try to have the longest eyelashes and the <laughs> cutest everything and the shiniest hair yeah. and the most intelligence and be the fastest runners and basically everything a human being evolved to do is to be a, a social creature and to pass along their genes. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think it's weird at all. Yeah. I think this is what human beings do. Now, we've just made television out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so compelling, because it's a game that everyone, not only can they play it, they're already everyone's already playing it, or they used to play it, mm-hmm. one or the other. <laughs> so the girls compete, but is there any mm-hmm. competition between you and the other two matchmakers? Well, there is a little bit of competition, but basically <laughs> we're very friendly. Yeah. We all love each other a lot. Mm-hmm. We bonded a lot on the show. Um But yeah, I have my differences (laughs) with them. You know, I feel like one of the things about me is I don't take money to do this. This is not like a profession for me. This is just something I do for the sheer love of seeing people um, be happy. Yeah. You know, and I feel like for a lot of women, it's hard to really be happy when your relationships aren't where you want them to be. So that's kind of my standpoint. And, um, I think it's real interesting and watch the show and see, yeah. you know, I mean, you can agree with me or not, but yeah. I'd love to hear people's feedback. Mm-hmm. So you and the other two matchmakers are giving advice to all of these yeah. girls. I actually had a friend ask me the other day if the guys are getting advice because yes. I know Ernesto says very publicly yes. that he's never said I love you to yes. anyone. So does someone like that need advice or is he getting advice? Well, they would ask us like they one part of the show is where they come down and they ask us a question, you know, about moving forward. Like, how do I figure this aspect out mm-hmm. of dealing with this situation or what about this or should I be focused more on this thing than that thing? So, yeah, we give them advice, too. OK. And do you kind of fill them in on who you think are there for the right reasons? Well, I think maybe we each have different philosophies around that. Mm -hmm. My thing is really to, like, empower somebody to go with their own higher power, if you will. You know, I feel like everyone has a higher intelligence. They don't need me to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm good at framing a question, um, but I'm not here to tell you what to do. Yeah. So there are a lot of skeptics on reality dating shows. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of them. Uh-huh. But who, like, what do you say to those people that think that no one can find love on TV, at least no one can find lasting love on TV? Well, I'd say watch Ready for Love because <laughs> um, you're about to get proven wrong. Okay. So you think that The Bachelors have... Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't say anything about outcomes, but mm-hmm. I can tell you there are some very real relationships happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very coy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so did you have a favorite contestant on the show? No, not really. They're all, <laughs> you know what's great about it is like, I got close to these three guys because we all work together and certainly since the show, like yeah. we're all friends still. And... um 
I got to know the type of guy. I've never dated. I mean, maybe I've dated like a guy in a band. I've yeah. dated a guy in a band. <laughs> but I've never really dated a guy like Ben or Ernesto. And it was great to get to know a different kind. I mean, these are the kind of guys that people think don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And they are real. And they're they real are sincere. and they're single. And, and they're maybe single. not anymore. But they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like very encouraging. Very encouraging. Yeah. They're good men. So I have to ask you this mm-hmm. because it was recently in the news. Um mm-hmm. Eva and Ernesto dating. Everyone's dispelled those rumors. I, but I saw that all over the I place. I don't know where that's coming okay. from. Because I, I saw they're beautiful. Picture, How about that? I mean, they're both really yeah, pretty. they're beautiful. Um, they and would they make gorgeous Spanish. babies. Yeah. But yeah, there was a picture of them, I think, sitting in a car together. Just mm. those two mm. in a convertible. But media. You know what? When people visit L.A., they don't necessarily rent a car. Yeah. I, I think it's probably very innocent. Mm-hmm. They're not dating as far yeah. as I know, and I think I would know. There might be rumors if you pick up Ernesto in your car. Yeah, I suppose. Anyone. That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, moving forward, after Ready for Love, what is it that you want to pursue in your career? Where do you see it going? Well, I mean, I am first and foremost a writer. I'm mm-hmm. first and foremost a writer of relationship books and television, so I'm gonna, I've got another book in the works, and I've got some TV shows that I'm going to pitch. And I would love to do something in this area of relationships in television. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I would love to do, like, a Chelsea Lately of relationships. Yeah. Um, or maybe even something that was, like, a real, real, super real, real, real life dating show. <laughs> you know? Like, which like is just like, your average just Joe. random people. Yeah. 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 I think both would be cool. I think that'd be fun. Like, the mm-hmm. Mike and Molly of di- of of reality dating mm-hmm. shows. I think that would be fun. So there's lots to do out there, though. Mm-hmm. And you think that you want to continue to help people find their love? and Yeah, that's what I'm going to do no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, my phone will ring. I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go get in the car, and I'm going to return some phone calls. <laughs> and that's what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> How are you with your love life? Are you thinking about ever getting married again? or You know, it's funny. I think about it. I mean, obviously, I've been married three times. Mm-hmm. I do not need to get married again. Mm-hmm. I would be worried about me if I was held on <laughs> getting married. So so, um, you know, we'll just see. How see about where that? It goes. It's never just, say never. But. I'd never say never, <laughs> but it's all one day at a time. Yeah. You know? So I want to ask you one final question mm-hmm. and then play a quick game. Okay. Um, so where did you see yourself when you were your son's age? Like mm. now looking back, That's what did you think was going to happen with your life? Well, when I was 16, I was in Minneapolis where I'm from. I was a cheerleader. I I knew I wanted to move away from Minneapolis. I love Minneapolis, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but I just knew there was a whole world out there and I wanted to be in it. I didn't even imagine I would be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really grateful. So I think all I wanted then was to be happy and have a home, like mm-hmm. a really stable home, and I have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's, that's it. Yeah, that. Oh man, that's great. That's having it all. Yeah, that's you really do. All. I feel like you have that kind of Hollywood story lifestyle where you came from, you know, nothing. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. now you're here. Yeah. And fabulous. And you know, I'll, I at this point in my life too, it's not about like having a billion pairs of shoes yeah. or whatever. My thing is like, can I give my son a safe, stable home? Mm-hmm. Can I can I meet his needs? You know, it's it's really just about having being baseline happy because yeah. they say like as long as your basic needs are, you don't get yeah. that much happier from having 
a bigger house. Well, because the people with the shoes. billion pairs of shoes yeah. are just going to want more shoes. Yeah. It's never going to stop. Exactly. There are not enough shoes. So, <laughs> and, at, and at my point in life, I've totally figured out how to be happy with very little. So everything from here on out is gravy. That's awesome. So a little word association game. It's oh. a quick fire game. I'm going to say a person or a thing. And you have to say the first word to come to your mind. I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> okay. My answer is bacon. Okay. <laughs> bacon could be the answer for everything. Okay. So, first up, Mary Tyler Moore. Minneapolis. <laughs> first dates. Awkward. Matthew Hussey. Go. <laughs> <laughs> the Bachelor. I've never really watched it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ready for love. Awesome. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Amber Kelleher Andrews. Love her. <laughs> And Juliana and Bill. Oh, my God. They are everything you want to be okay. in a relationship. Um, so I want to end the show with... You You passed with flying colors, by the way. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you didn't have to answer bacon for anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so ending the show with, I want to know one piece of advice that you could mm. give any woman who's l- ready for love. You know, let's see. One piece of advice. People always ask me that. And I'm like, what's the one Mm -hmm. piece of advice? I think the one piece of advice is to learn how to love yourself no matter what. Yeah. You know, and loving yourself is not about going, you know, I'm awesome. And that's it. It's more like going, you know, I always say self, self self-esteem is when you look great in those jeans. Self-love is when you're nice to yourself, even when you don't. And learning how to love yourself allows you to take up your seatbelt and move about the cabin of life and about your and in your love life and um if you can do that you can really love another person mm-hmm. well tracy thank you so much for joining us today thank you. if people want to find your book where can they find it anywhere amazon <laughs> or a bookstore it's yes. everywhere okay and then people can also check out ready for love yep it's um, online wherever it will be <laughs> nbc.com or yes. hulu mm-hmm. awesome well again thank you so much for joining thank us you for having me um, check her out on twitter too i think your tweets are hilarious uh, thanks um and if people want to check me out on twitter they can find me at katherine kelly you can find all of us here on after buzz tv at after buzz tv thanks for tuning in thank you <laughs> From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.